Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And I know oh. when we did rivalries last time and you introduced me, I was like, JP. But I'm excited about today. <laughs> Go ahead. You're making me super nervous. Ah. You're excited in a real kind of serial killer kind of way. <laughs> and it's creeping me out a bit. Uh, we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. And we're going to tell you what makes them great and why we think they're awesome. And why JP should too. Oh. Okay. So this is rivalry I week. I'm doing fantastic, <laughs> Rob. Fantastic. Why? Well, you know, it's kind of like, uh, this is kind of like the, it's like when your laptop freezes. It's kind of like babies on a plane. It's kind of like when you go to wash your hands with long sleeves and your shirt sleeve gets that little oh. wet thing. Oh, man. It's awful. But... I'm going to tell you why that awfulness is going to make me smile today. So okay. we're talking about... Go ahead. Tell them what we're talking about, Rob. Well, today we're talking about Monkey Wrench by the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So it's... I I'm re- I feel like I'm about to get murdered. We, <laughs> like, <clears throat> this might be my last known <laughs> recording. So oh, man. I'm going to need to... Uh, this, is, this is automatically going to be sent to the authorities when I get done, <laughs> just in case. Um so this is Rivalry Week Part 2 for the season. You guys requested more Rivalry Weeks. You wanted to hear us disagreeing on songs. So last week we did the Grease soundtrack, which I detest and JP loves. This week we're doing Monkey Wrench by Foo Fighters, which is one of my favorite just mainstream rock tracks of all time, I think. Um, and and JP can't even... He can't even stand to think of Dave Grohl. Absolutely. And in full disclosure, one thing you'll discover about my hatred for this song, it isn't even necessarily my hatred for the song, or sadly even the band. It's mainly just Dave Grohl. Dave. But uh, play a little of the song. I, I hope you're going to tell everybody what Dave did to you to oh cause Oh my gosh, this. you guys, I cannot wait to unleash on Monkey Wrench we by need, Foo Fighters. We need the origin story of your hatred the, for Dave Grohl at some point. Let's roll it. All right, let's take a listen. This is Monkey Wrench by Foo Fighters. Yes, come on. That is just rock warmth. It feels so good. It's a it's like a warm bath full of monkey wrenches um, with Kenny Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> warm bath with Dave Grohl today by Foo Fighters from the 1997 album The Color and the Shape. That's color in the British kind of way, by the way. That's C-O-L-O-U-R. Oh, yeah. 
the color. He's trying too hard right there. The color and the shape. That's going to be the theme. He's <laughs> trying too hard. <laughs> Written by Dave Grohl, Nate Mendel, and Pat Smear. Uh, it was number nine on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart and uh, number 12 on the UK Singles charts. Um, let me just talk about some things I love, and then, JP, you can counter. How about that? Okay? That sounds wonderful. Um, the tones in this song are perfect. I love all of them. I love the drum tones. I love, love the guitar tones. The guitars are perfectly, like, um, they're clean heavy. You know what I mean? They're not, like, yes, they are distorted, but it's in a way, um, I'd say, I'll say it like this. This is the way kind of I, I learned the difference. Um, if you listen to the first two Van Halen albums, we're big Van Halen fans, everybody knows. Um, the first album is really is what they call Van Halen's brown sound. And it is, it is made by cranking up the gain, cranking up the distortion. It's a very dirty sound. If you take over to Van Halen 2, the sound is still heavy, but it's more made from a less distorted sound, but turned up, right? So it's, it comes from power and volume and less gain, less overdrive. And I feel less like grit. Yeah, less grit. And I feel like these guitars sort of fit that. It's just big, wide open amps and not so much with the distortion pedals. Um, but, uh, and I feel like, by the way, I feel like I did a little bit of research on Dave Grohl's guitar rig. Okay. Uh, and, if, and if what I did was accurate, I think you could appreciate it. Because he goes with, if plays the first act, if, if what I read, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But see, he uses a lot of like boss pedals mm-hmm. and like, you know what I'm saying? Like just That's your a, standard guitar. Yeah. yeah. It's not, he's not using a ton of like boutique, you know, this is my $600, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, my $600 uh, tremolo pedal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, you know, whatever. Um, it's, here's my clone. Yeah, exactly. He just, you know, okay. he likes to rip, you know, um, <laughs> So <laughs> come on, okay, come on now. Okay, anyway, kind of set you up for that one. But I love, I love the tones in that one. I love, especially listening to this song in headphones. The good, good wide pan separation with the guitars. Um, the um, it just the feel of it. It's big rock and roll. It's intense. You know what I mean? Um, his vocals are. He has a unique sound to his voice, especially when his vocals are doubled. Um, that gives him like you go oh that sounds like Dave Grohl mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's kind of recognizable as as Dave Grohl which I think is cool but this to me was their big song where they said we're a serious band like you know he so they this was their second album right the color and the shape was their second album their first one was sort of like um you know it's oh it's that drummer from Nirvana and he's he's put a band together and and he can write some songs that's cool you know what I mean and they had some mild success they had Big Me was a big hit for them uh, that was the one with the Mentos. Um, you're just sitting there stone faced, like you're not smiling <laughs> no, at all. No, I'm learning. You're thinking. I, I'm learning. I feel like you're gaining ammunition. What I y'all feel like don't you're... know is I'm sitting here writing stuff. Yeah. And Rob thinks it's bullets that's coming back, but I'm yeah. basically just drawing pictures. I'm, okay. I'm just, this is all intimidation factor. Yeah. I feel like I'm in court. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is, yes, exactly. Like you're gonna go, aha, and I'm like, crap. I did that last week on Greece, but no, this is your territory. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, so their first album was like. It was pretty good, and he did it all himself. Uh, you know, he recorded it in something like five days. I think he recorded the entire album himself, played everything, sang everything, uh, except for maybe one guitar solo or something like that. Um, but this one, they went a different 
direction. Uh, you know, but the, the first album he basically wrote, recorded, produced, did everything, and then found a band. You know okay. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and Foo Fighters was formed um, as a way for him to get out. He did something like he, I, I want to say he he printed like a hundred cassettes of his of that first album, and it started people started wanting more of it, and he realized. Okay, I maybe need to uh, be a little more serious about this. So he puts the band together and they start they start doing some tour dates. And so they made like 105 that. cassettes. Yeah, exactly. And like man, we're yeah. Well. Um, and so yeah, they did that great live laser disc that everybody loves. <laughs> um, That's awesome. um, and so uh, so this album, they actually you know went and got a uh, you know a legit producer and um, and and it was somebody who made them like pay attention to all the little details, right? Like Grohl, he just kind of wants to plug in and go. And um, they're like, you might out of tune. Right. Yeah. And so the producer, he said it was really a kind of a hellish process for them because it was so challenging, but the end result. Because he's such a poor musician. Was worth it. Come on. I'm just kidding. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Jump the gun. No, you're in your, go for it. So Um, I'll talk about the first time I heard this song. Okay. Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. So the first time, I, I didn't, I wasn't as familiar with the song because I don't listen to the Foo Fighters. First time I heard it was, I watched the video because I'm a video guy. I looked on yeah. YouTube. So, Which I also love. Okay. So he's in an elevator going up. Um, let's just, uh, so the song that is playing is apparently one of their other songs. Yes, it's Big Me. They're playing like a. Which a, I guess people think it's clever. Yeah. I think it's kind of douchey and he's trying too hard. <laughs> so that's, gonna, I mentioned that that's going to be the theme. He's trying too hard. So we all know the theme from the Taylor Swift episode. Y'all say it with me. Her, Her stupid, stupid face. face. Okay. So today's going to be He's Trying Too Hard <laughs> okay. featuring Dave Grohl. So if you'll notice, he goes up one floor. So let's just talk about the laziness of somebody. <laughs> I cannot stand when people get on an elevator and go up one floor. Come on, you got to walk the steps Let's for the, the one stairs. floor. So anyway, that's go. So would in. you would you then say he's trying too little? He's trying too hard to be cool in the video. <laughs> if you really needed to get up that flight, walk the steps. Wow. Um, chorus lines, you can talk on those. I feel like the rhyming's kind of lazy in the chorus. Really, wrench, accident. Some word I can't understand because he doesn't enunciate well. And wrench again. <laughs> Play the chorus. Go okay, ahead. Play okay. the chorus. Y'all listen along with me. Think if this is a well-written chorus. I'll give you the hint. He's going to rhyme monkey wrench with monkey wrench at the end, everybody. <laughs> and he'll throw in accident, which doesn't rhyme with wrench, even on a lazy rhyme. And, and some word this, that, that I this. can't understand. Yeah, it's, I'd rather leave than suffer this. This. So wrench, accident, this wrench. <laughs> Rhyming genius Dave Grohl, everybody. <laughs> Play it. Nice. Yes. We established that line one, Mr. Grohl. Okay. Wow. Uh, Let me just tell a couple wrench facts. Just one. I'll just go one and then I'll get back to your positivity. Okay. So in the game of Clue. Okay. Do you know the weapons? Yeah, the pipe wrench, right? Okay, I'm going to help you. Let's go in order of the strongest weapons. Okay. If you're going to murder somebody, I'll help you. Revolver's number one. Yeah. That's the best. You're going to shoot somebody. Okay. Next, I'm going knife. Yeah. Because if you're going to do a hand-to-hand combat, probably won't knife. Third, Candlestick is going to be bigger than all the other swingables. 
So if you're going to hit somebody in the head, mm. I'm going the grip of the candlestick and the head of the candlestick. Then I'll go lead pipe. The thing that it gets a little questionable is which is the worst, wrench or rope. So um, rope's, pro- rope's close, but I'm going to go with wrench is the worst of the weapons wow. in Clue. Y'all can, dev- you can debate me on that. If you're okay. going to murder someone, where do you put wrench? Wow. I put it at the bottom. I, I would put I would put wrench above. Uh, oh, come on. You're just trying to now. justify wrench. No, come on. Candlestick, I would put last. What? Can, no, yeah. wait. You've got the, the size and the length. I, if I could hit you. Okay, let's <laughs> say I'm going to swing. I can get one step further away with the length of the candlestick and hit you. I got to get a little bit closer with the wrench. It's true with the wrench, but it's got the heft. Ah, you know, it's okay. got the heft. It's going right. to cave your head in, man. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Back to positivity. Anyway, <laughs> back to positivity. Where were we? I'm, I'm derailed. He's trying too um, hard. <sighs> anyway, um, something that did happen on this album that was interesting is that he, they had uh, William Goldsmith as their original drummer, and you may uh, some, don't let me I don't stop have it. On okay. William Goldsmith, you're okay. Okay, so um, they they're they're in the process of recording this album, and William Goldsmith has been there, and they've done their first round of recording, and then basically um, they go back to L.A. with their producer and uh, who is uh, Gil Norton and. Uh, Dave Grohl decides, I, I want to record these parts myself, these drum parts myself. And I don't know if it's a thing where – Because he tries too hard. Because he tries too hard, <laughs> right? Um, and so I, I heard him later say, you know, I think I just decided, like, I'm not sure I'm done playing drums, right? Like, he was the drummer for Nirvana. Like, if if we don't know this, I, I think this is sort of public domain, well-established information at this point that Dave Grohl – Gained notoriety as the drummer for Nirvana, right? The, the band that set the 90s on fire. Um, and, by the way, props to him for, for like, I mean, he really McCartneyed himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really came. He left one band that I don't like. Yeah. I'm not going to say poor. Okay. And joined another band that I do not like. Yes. But, but good for him. But good he on you. did it. He did it. Himself. And, uh, and so, but really has established himself. Okay. Taking taking your taking your, your mutual hatred out of both, sure. okay. If you had to, if I said I'm putting you in a room and you have to for the next two weeks listen to nothing but either Nirvana, Food Fighters, or Food Fighters. I pick Food Fighters. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, so, and I would I would say the same. Like Nirvana had some some highs and a great many lows Goodness for gracious. me. Yeah, um, I get it. They're important. I get it, but it's not my cup of tea for the most part. Um, but Foo Fighters has now become, I don't know that they, I don't think you could argue that they've had the same kind of impact that Nirvana had, but they are one of the greatest rock bands of the last 20 years, inarguably. I mean, they are very popular. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll joke aside. They, they do get, he's all over the cover of magazines. He's definitely Put the Foo Fighters on the map. It's like they're headlining it, big festivals. I'm going to a festival this weekend, which we're gonna. I'm going to the ooh. Pilgrimage Festival, and the headliner, Killers, is the main reason we're going. But the other headliner is the Foo Fighters. So there. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get it. We'll have, we'll we may have, have to post, do a uh, report back. Yeah, post uh, post report on this. So I, you know, I mean, if you think of since since the mid to late '90s, the torchbearers of mainstream rock. Is the Foo Fighters? He's right? had he's had a good presence that's lasted through generations. Yeah, which I will give him that. That's yeah. positivity. You can use that at the end on the JP debate, <laughs> the rebuttal. Right? Yes. So you've got. I think. I mean, I'm trying to think of other legitimately big 
mainstream rock sound. You know what I mean? I think Green Day? Foo Fighters. I don't think they're mainstream. I would. I mean, they've they've become mainstream, but their sound is not. But okay, I'll give you Green Day. Let's say let's say Green Day. Coldplay. Uh, maybe. See, I I don't call them a rock band. I'll call them a pop group. Okay. You do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but you two, they were already. So you're saying that quote started, unquote past their prime by this point. Started in the nineties. I'm okay. saying yeah, in the last twenty years, right? I think F- Foo Fighters, maybe Kings of Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you get down. I think your next tier down is somebody like the Black Keys. You know, stuff like that. But I think it's Foo Fighters by Maroon mile. Five. Okay, Maroon Five. I'll give you Maroon Five. Yes. Um, so anyway, but that's they're, they're like keeping it alive, right? Dave Grohl just wants to keep rock music alive <laughs> and keep it from keep it from totally turning into something Produced that doesn't stuff, sound yeah. like, like classic rock. rock. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> turning it into talent. He doesn't want it to turn into. <laughs> <laughs> no, Come on, no, now. no, no. Um, I gotta meet the band section. Let's you, yes, got, let's meet let's meet the let's Fighters. meet the dweebs. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, on guitar, Pat Smear. Yeah. Right, so let's listen to this guy's heroes and influences. <laughs> Do you know who his guitarist hero is? Okay. I'll help you, Brian James. Okay. Okay. Name who Brian James played for. Is that I, the Damned and Lords of the New Church? Okay. All right. What? And Joan Jett. Okay. So you're a lead guitar player in a rock band. How do you have Brian James as your guitar hero? Come I mean, on. I don't even know who that guy is. I didn't <laughs> even know him before. Okay. So apparently Pat Smear left in 2005 and yes. came back. Did anybody I, miss the guy or even know that he left? I'll tell you this. He's left more than once. Okay. And I saw him leave once live. Yeah. And so did a lot of other people. <laughs> Probably because um, he's hanging out with Dave Grohl. He, le- <laughs> he left. Um, they performed. They were performing on an MTV Video Music Awards pre-show. Uh-huh. Um, and they they did Monkey Wrench on the pre-show. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to pull up the video so you can actually hear this. This happened on live TV. Okay. Um, do you know where I'm going? Did you I see don't, this? I don't. Okay. Know this. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, this is good. We're gonna. You're gonna help me. Yeah. Tear down the band. This is awesome. <laughs> so they're standing on top of the the Radio City Music Hall uh, entrance. Okay. And um, so Foo Fighters plays. Is that Monk- Carson Daly. Uh, no, that's a uh, Chris. Um, I can't see from. Over oh here. gosh, what's his name? I can't remember his last name from MTV. Chris um, from MTV. Everyone. Yeah, Chris. Hey, give it up for Chris. And so. Um, at the four minute and twenty second mark of this particular video, Pat tells everybody that he's quitting. Hey, how's it going? Prompter? Foo Fighters. In fact, here they are with a surprising uh, Kurt Loader, right right Tabitha Soren. Hello. Last song we played was my last song with the band. I would like to introduce you to Franz Stahl. Who will be taking over? Thank you. Rock on, guys. Foo Fighter. And that's it. And Pat Smear was done with the band. What in the world? So he left mid set, and they already had his replacement. And the guy just walked in. Franz Stahl came <laughs> in and and played Everlong. And like they, did he definitely say Foo Fighters at the end. He did. He Foo Fighters. <laughs> that was his rally cry, right? Oh um. So he and I remember watching that going. He just quit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously they had, they had, he had talked it over. They yeah. knew what was going on, but for everybody watching went, 
what just happened? He just walked off the state. Like he just quit, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know of any quittings like that. That's a, it's really weird, right? Legendary. It wasn't like, screw you guys. I'm out of here. It was like, and then right. he cheered them on and then, yeah. So whatever. And he's back with him. I mean, he's, he's with like, him. You now. guys can like him, but I don't right now. And he <laughs> was the, excuse me. He was the original, um, like he was the fourth member, unofficial fourth member of Nirvana too. So he, he played second guitar with stuff. Nirvana when they were, when they were touring live. So he's been back and forth with Dave Grohl for 30 Poor years guy. at this That's point. That's why he you keeps know. quitting. Uh, <laughs> on bass, Nate Mendel. Yep. Played in powerhouse bands like you guys will know these guys. The Jealous Sound, what Sunny Day Real Estate, and Fire Theft. Man, just powerhouse, <laughs> powerhouse there, Nate. Way to go. Um, so now, um, first of all, can you name one song by any of those bands? No, but I think Fire I, Theft is a stupid name. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, I'm writing that down. Rob, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, and if those weren't big enough, he decided he would name himself as the lead vocalist of this next band that he's in. Have you heard this guy as a front man? No. I'm going to help you. Look up Rattled for the MP music sessions. Just listen to him as a front man. This is Nate Mendel killing it as a front man. The song is called Rattled. Probably on YouTube. Okay. For MP music sessions. Look it up. Scan ahead. You'll, you'll love this guy. Yeah. What? There you go, boys and girls. Nate Mendel of the Foo Fighters. You're welcome. I am frozen. Oh, it's amazing. There it is. There it is. Oh, my goodness. I could end right now. Wow. And life is grand. I am gutted by that. That happened. That's your bass player for the Foo Fighters. Who? Dave Grohl's counterpart. He's like, man, I only partner with talent, and let me tell you about <laughs> it. Let me introduce you to Nate Mendel. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Nate Mendel. You know, you see those people in the first couple of weeks of, like, the American Idol auditions <laughs> who, <laughs> who you go... Listen, I like I understand that you want to be We love your story. Famous. I know you want to provide for your family yeah. and like the sad stories. But, but somebody along the way encouraged you who shouldn't have. <laughs> right? Yeah. At some point you got a dude, yes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Get up there and do that. From somebody who should have had a more honest conversation yeah. with you, right? So. That somebody should have sat that boy down <laughs> and said Man, you need to stick to playing the bass. That's right. You're a serviceable bass player. <laughs> You've got a good thing going. That's right. There's no need to embarrass no, yourself wrong. like this. I know Sunny Day Real Estate's killing it. But wow. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and how do you go up from there? Oh, I, no. I literally just watched that video with my mouth open. Yeah, it was amazing. So the only way you can improve on that in Rivalry Week is to jump in. I think it's time that we talk about Dave Grohl. I think it. we're I think we're past due. So uh, Okay, so... Those of y'all, I'll save you a minute and 41 seconds, but if you'd like to, sometime in the next day or so, go to the YouTube link just called Dave Grohl Fail, 
and it's a minute and 41 seconds of your life, and watch how many times this guy falls down oh, no. on stage. Oh, no. It's a minute 41 of all the times he's fallen down. I'm tempted <laughs> to make Rob watch it with me here and us just <laughs> laugh together. But it's a he falls down on stage more than any human that I've ever met, <laughs> and it's multiple occasions, multiple times. It's great. So do yourself a favor wow. and, and laugh at that. Um, tribute by Tenacious D. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Good song. Yes, good I song. love the song. Hilarious. Love the song too. Yeah. Guess who plays the devil? Yeah, he's Dave Grohl is That's the devil. That's how video. I see him. Also played the guitar solo on it, I believe. Oh, uh, well. Because he's multi-talented. Oh, my goodness. Here we go now. He's trying to swing one back on me. Good job. Um, have you heard his All About the Benjamins rock remix? Yes, it's awesome. Don't it's, tell me that's not awesome. No, the chords and the bridge, it's different. He changes the song. I don't care. Oh, It's man. cool. Can, it's like a chromatic rock rock band. I can't believe it's you. awesome. I can't believe you say that when Weird Al's version is Dude. out there. Yeah, well, Weird Al's version is it's, his version. It's his version yeah. a little bit, I guess. It's it. Weird Al's version is okay. a is a parody of of the Dave uh, Grohl remix of all about the Benjamins. I get it. I'm not a fan of it. Are you kidding? That slaps no. to this day. Oh my that God. slaps. Agree to disagree. So first instrument Dave Grohl learned to play. Harmonica. The trombone. Okay. Because this guy blows, really, for real. <laughs> He's awful. Okay, do you hear how Dave and Nate met, the vocalist that we just met? Uh, vocal coaching, maybe? No, that would be amazing. <laughs> they were at uh, a house where a Ouija board claimed a baby had been murdered. Oh, wow. So this guy's probably a Satanist. <laughs> uh, did you hear his favorite song of the last decade? Dave Grohl's favorite Dave song? Dave Grohl's favorite song. It's not Hold his own on. song. Okay. It's a popular song. Favorite song of the last decade. You're going you're gonna to be on the it's, no way. It's Lady Gaga, isn't it? It's Psy Gangnam Style. What? Yep. There's your rock, saving rock music <laughs> legend. His favorite song is Gangnam Style by Psy. Oh, Come on. Okay. Wait. His favorite Dr. Seuss book is If I Ran the Forest. What? If, I've never even heard of that one. If Oh, the Places You Go, or Maybe Cat in the Hat, Maybe Green Eggs and Ham, Maybe One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. If on, I Ran the Forest? What? You can't even pick the right children's book. Um, fact that I want to be neutral, but I need a good palate cleanser. He is going to play drums on the new Ronnie James Dio tribute album. So please, let's play Holy Diver. Just <laughs> play Holy Diver. So he will get to play drums on this. He's going to ride Holy the tiger. Diver. I need to ride that tiger to get through the next round. <laughs> See how many times we can play Holy Diver. Holy Diver. <laughs> Too long in the midnight sea. Come on, everybody. Saddle up. Ride the tiger. You can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. Okay. Oh, don't you see? All right, that's wow. good. I feel better now because I needed to refresh before I go into my... This will be my last Dave Grohl teardown. Okay, you didn't think I could go worse. Now, you ever seen a boxing match where a guy's <laughs> eyes just glaze over? <laughs> he's just getting punched in the ribs. like and and He's and, sitting on the stool between rings, and yeah. I'm like standing up on the rope. Yeah, you're like, let's go. Like, let's, let's go. go. Got, get the mouthpiece. Right. Trying to, I don't like, even need the water, Mick. Yeah. Man. I'm good. Let's I'm jump back in. Okay. So this may take a minute to set up, but I really think you're going to appreciate the terribleness of this. Okay. So there's a video. The, my f initial hatred for Dave Grohl started with this video. So there's, if you look up Joe Walsh, Paul McCartney, Dave Grohl, just look it up. Okay. Um, there's a song they do, um, and I'll try to get to the point in the song where it gets good. Um, I bet if you just look them up on YouTube, uh, they do the end, the song, the end. Okay. Yeah. The Beatles song. Um, so I bet if you look them up, give us a second to set it up because 
but I'll give you some background. So they're all going to come out, and they're going to each alternating solos. So McCartney will go first. Then McCartney has two guitar players that play with him on each show. So they're going to go next. So it'll be McCartney solo first, guitar guy one, guitar guy two, Joe Walsh, and then number five is Dave Grohl. Okay, guitar legend, in quotes, Dave Grohl. Okay, yeah, skip ahead to about minute four, 425, something like that, since I don't know exactly which video, but it'll be just fine. Even the crappier quality is, quality is fine. Abe Laboriel Jr. is going to be rocking some drums about 425. Just is there a better it. quality version? Okay, that, that's fine. Play the crappy version. That's where we're going to play, but back up from that because those are the solos. I think if you go to like 425, probably, maybe a little before, you should see Abe Laboriel Jr. killing it on the drums. That's going to lead into these guitar solos, okay. which are alternating fashion. So is Abe killing it? I kind of feel like I need to walk over there. I'm going to come over and we're going to share a okay. mic. Hang tight. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah. I'm coming over. with you. So Abe's killing it. We're watching together. We're sharing a mic, everybody. Sharing a mic, watching the video. First of all, Dave rolls up and Paul McCartney's like, what are you doing here? Alright, so we're setting up the solos, everybody. Key of A for those of y'all that are playing at home. We're singing along. Remember, this is the section that brought Paul and John sort of back together. Absolutely. Dave Grohl doesn't know the words, so he's just back there headbanging. Everybody knows the words except for Dave, who's lost completely. <laughs> and let's play some solos, everybody. McCartney number one. McCartney guy number two. Pretty tasty. Pretty decent. Joe Walsh, yes. And Dave Grohl. A chord. <laughs> Come on. Go, wait for it. It gets worse. McCartney Decent. Hasty Licks Guitar Guy. Hasty Licks Guitar Guy. Joe Walsh. Wait, wait, wait. Same chord, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Grohl with the same chord. <laughs> McCartney Decent. Guitar Guy 2. Fairly decent. Guitar Guy 2. Good. Joe Walsh. Being weird but cool. And Dave Grohl, wait. Two note solo, everybody. What? <laughs> McCartney decent. Oh, Little finger tap oh. solo. He's going. Pick slide. My favorite one of the whole thing right there. Go Walsh. Decent. And Dave Grohl, everybody. Back to the chord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. There's five rounds. We got to get at least one more round. Because I wanted to get to the end. It's important. Y'all need to watch the video so you can understand the magnificence. It's better to see visually. Go Walsh. And then we're Grohl. Guess where he's going? I'll give you a hint. It's A chord. <laughs> so anyway, this song will end. I kind of wanted to watch through the end here for a minute. So just so that we can hear. Y'all know this wonderful song. It's going to come out of... The progression. We're in the key of C is how we'll end for those of you guys that are playing. Because we were over A minor solos, but going to resolve in the key of C. Dave Grohl, if you're watching the back, cannot find the chords. Please watch the video. He doesn't know where he's going. He cannot find it. That's a big C chord. If you look closely, Dave Grohl's playing a D and then has to swap <laughs> to C. All right. 
Okay. Uh, there you go. Okay. It's, it's better to watch. Please watch it at home. It's kind of tough to hear on this recording, but I think you will appreciate it. Okay, listen. Stuff happens. Stuff be happening it's, it's live tough. sometimes. It's tough to play Who live. knows? They might. He might not have even had like monitors. That's true. He's playing it safe, right? Yeah, he's he, got. He's conservative. He's like. Don't mess up exactly. with McCartney. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you got he. All joking aside, I wrote down the sections here. I was doing that without looking at my notes. But um, you know, he plays that A chord three times of his five. You get five rounds. It's like a Chuck Berry no, tribute. No, it's not. It's a very in style for that. The problem that that bothers me with it is he doesn't belong on stage with those four. Like. Okay. McCartney's guys are good. I mean, they're really good guitar players. Joe Walsh is a legend. Let's, that makes sense. Yes, Joe absolutely. Walsh is a guitar legend. Yeah. I think, I don't know if McCartney knew he was going to, he looks surprised that he's up there. Like, what are you doing here? Okay. And I think it's kind of one of those, what are you doing here? I'm going to pretend like I'm happy with it, but really, what are you like doing? Like he walked off stage like, who invited Who invited Grohl? Dave? Exactly. Okay. So, anyway. so he, here's what we're going to do. First of all, I want to. I want to say. Here's why he belongs. Who did I mention earlier in the episode that Dave Grohl has followed the career path of? Oh man, Paul McCartney. Okay. Oh, right. Man, that's pretty like, good. Back that back. was not knowing what you were okay. setting up here. That's pretty okay? good result. And we both have agreed that in in some sense he is his own kind of McCartney. Right. He's following that's, that. That's setting some pretty high. But he's, he's following he's that. He's he's hung around for day, for and generations. I'll give him that. They so. have become buddies. So there's this cool documentary called Sound City. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's the story of Sound City Studios where Nirvana recorded Nevermind um, and tons of people recorded hits um, by – now by the time that Nirvana recorded there, um, it was sort of on its, on its decline. But um, – they, they'd recorded like Rick Springfield, tons of hits there. And just, I think Fleetwood Mac, some early Fleetwood Mac stuff. Um, and um, anyway, t- tons of stuff had been there. And Dave Grohl found out that the place was closing down and he bought their original Rupert Neve console and put it in his house. That's pretty cool. And built a studio around That's this awesome. console that he loved. That's pretty cool. And then recorded an album there of people who had recorded all at Sound City, like Sound City alumni, and and put it out along with the documentary of... It's basically the documentary of a soundboard. I really want to use my... Because he tries too hard there, yeah. but that's in a good way. That's like, cool. I'll, I'll give him some props. He's, he is trying hard there, but that's giving back. A yeah. That's, that's cool. I'll give yeah. him some props. And so, and that's, I do he, think he probably still chews with his mouth open. <laughs> Like, and he probably has conversations, like, in the doorway. Right. Like, he's that guy that stands in the middle of the doorway. Definitely chewing gum with his chewing mouth gum open. Chewing gum with his mouth open, having a conversation. I'm like, I need to get into that room, but freaking Dave Grohl's in the doorway <laughs> talking about wrenches and stuff. 100%, 100%, that's true. Both of those things, I will not argue. Um, okay, are you done? Are you done on I Grohl? A, I mean, the song's in the key of B, right? Yes, uh-huh. yeah, in which, drop D tuning. Which I think he's trying too hard to play in B. I mean, that's no, it's great. It's, it's okay. That's I'll tell you why. It's, I'll tell you why it's oh, great. I do. Oh, you tell me why it's great because okay. that'd be good. And then I've got one other thing. Okay, so in the key of B, mm-hmm. uh, a guy singing a high F sharp. I mean, high, relatively high F sharp in the key of B is amazing, right? For a sort of standard tenor voice, um, and that's what he does for the entirety of this bridge, which is fantastic. It does not get more rock and roll than the bridge 
to Monkey Wrench. Okay, play it. Okay, play it. and he does this in one breath, confirmed, verified. Okay, this is one breath. Okay, this is after the second chorus, and then there's like this sort of interlude that sets this up. Okay, while we're while we're getting into it, this song is about his dissolving. Uh, uh, marriage, right? His marriage is ending with his first wife, and it's about him realizing he's been the problem, and right. But it's about just fighting, argument, you know, whatever. And I'm a big jerk, okay? So here's this this bridge that starts. One last thing before I quit, and it's word after word, all one breath. Here it goes. One breath confirmed. That's not us speculating. That's not me wanting it to be one breath. That is one breath confirmed and kills it. Leads up to that last note and screams it, right? Okay, now now the difference is, you want to hear it live? (laughs) Please, yes! Oh, yes! This is that same this is that same <laughs> performance that same performance I played oh, you yes, uh, a, a minute point. ago where this is right before Pat Smear quit maybe it was because of this I don't know um, yeah this is when that song was still brand new and it's he still had the energy on it but uh, here it comes. Okay, so live, it's lackluster. Yeah. But on wax, that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard, dude. That is that is pure rock and roll, that bridge. Uh, live, maybe not so much. Maybe you can tell me you're going to see them this weekend. I'll so let you know. I mean, you're the one that's going to see the Foo Fighters in concert. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know what we're I'm, doing here. I'm going to see the Killers. And the you're Foo the one that's you're the one that's paying money <laughs> to go listen to Foo Fighters. They are an afterthought. We are. I am excited. We talked about. I'm excited to see live. That's going to be cool. So that's yes. That would be great as as well. Um, yeah, I just love it. The chorus changes chords and the melody at the end too. It gives it kind of a tag. It really kind of becomes more of a a refrain um, than anything, which is really neat. Um, where they go fall in, fall out, and it gets it's a little just more major. It's just a one four one four kind of progression, and it gives that little uh, counter melody going over the end. It's really nice. Couple of random notes, uh, and then we'll and then we'll get out. I know this is excruciating for you, so <laughs> I just saw I saw a funny thing about their uh, rider. Okay, okay. The, the rider for a band is you know the, these are the things that we need when we come play to a venue. It's a thing that a concert venue agrees to, and they sign, and then the management for a band, you know, and it's it's an agreement, <clears throat> and and it's a legally binding thing where you know if. Uh, you know, these requirements aren't met, then the band doesn't have to perform. They like can choose to not perform. Have to say they will only eat all fine china. Correct. 
stuff like that. Right. Like, yeah. And and so like bands like uh, you know Van Halen became notorious for saying no brown M and M's. Right. They had to have a bowl of M and M's, but no brown ones. And it wasn't because they were being divas. It's because they wanted to know if you were actually reading. Right. Mm-hmm. So they knew if there was a bowl of M and M's with no brown in it that you had read and and at least there was a good chance that you had adhered to all the things that they needed. I'll, I'll tie right? that into a term paper that I wrote when I was in high school. It was like, it had to be at least 15 pages. Mine was like 17 in the middle of page 13. I wrote to my teacher, if you're reading this, I will give you $5. No way. Yeah. And in class, I, he gets up and I ask him in front of the whole class. So you read everybody's all 50 of ours, 15 to 20 page paper. And he said, I read every word. And I said, I think you're a liar. He's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I said, read page 13 of mine right in the middle. And wow. And read it in front of the class, and I was immediately sent to the principal's office. <laughs> but for a minute and 12 seconds, I was the guy. You and were the- I was getting high-fived, and I voluntarily walked down wow. there. Wow. So, you did the, the— Not that I suggest that you kids do that out there. You did the last scene of Breakfast Club out the yeah, door, exactly. the arm high in the air. Right. Wow. That's boss. <laughs> that's a boss move. I okay. feel like Dave Grohl would try that but not pull it off like he would capitalize and bold that on page 13 so he would get caught. right yeah. <laughs> so here's what they did here's what he did pull off okay this is from songfacts.com uh the foo fighters impose a 100 dollars fine for any misspelling or other stupid typos on advertising materials as their 2000 concert writer reveals the writer also notes that the guys would rather have the promoter buy their underwear uh, much funnier is the band's U.S. Canada 2008 writer, where cereals are wanted unopened and not recycled from last night's Dio show. Oh, How about go. that? Right, the um, <clears throat> dressing or ketchup is to be fresh, not with, quote, the last four millimeters in the bottle. Uh, lunch should include soup of the day, but only vegetarian because <laughs> meaty soups make roadies fart. Uh, <laughs> and many other food demands, quote, since rock bands and their crews need to eat every 90 minutes or so. The 2008 writer also contains some advice on how meat should be prepared as, quote, lightly cooked chicken breasts with goo on them are definitely not going to get you a hug from our bass player, Nate. The preferred meat for the Foo Fighters is big kielbasas that make men self-conscious or, or bacon, which is, quote, God's currency. As a sort of an apology for all the whims of the band comes the last sentence of the writer of the food and drink part that says, we're just another band trying to make enough money to fuel our private jet. Please help. Uh, The tour manager's sense of humor also manifests in the demand for specific cups, solo red or blue plastic cups, about which he says in the writer, I will call, I will call out a catering jihad if we do not have these cups. That's funny. Uh, and then there's some wild rock stars ask for some stupid crap part of the writer where the Foo Fighters give a detailed request on DVDs, magazines, and again, underwear. The writer concludes with advice about leftover food, which is to be given to a local kitchen or shelter or collected by, quote, our roadie that looks like Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Yeah, they got a sense of humor, right? And girl, they you see often. Well, I don't know because you're not really on the internet. You kind of live off the grid a little bit. But um, you just look. There's tons of videos on YouTube of like them bringing kids up on stage to play a song with them. I mean, that's dreams come true, right? They're like, sure. They're like, we don't know the chords anyway. Come on up here. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can't mess it up. We, so, we're going to mess it up. Come on now. But they'll literally bring a kid and have like, you know, it's a kid who, what, it, some mom's got a sign. My kid yeah, can like, play monkey wrench. And then, <laughs> and then they're like, well, let's bring him on a try. You know what I mean? And, uh, and they'll say, it, do it. And then they'll be like, oh, take the guitar. That's, yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. That's right. That's cool. 
Um, Take my first act guitar. No, I'm yeah. sure. All right, I got I got one more thing to try and maybe bring you to my side. Okay, okay? cool. If the bridge didn't do it, I'm not sure anything could do it. Because <laughs> I, is... I, I will give you props. That's Ooh. if he did that all in one breath. That's Dude, pretty impressive. That is one breath, and not just one breath. That he he made it to the Coasted end. In. Right, he, he ran out at the yeah, end. He like, like, he, rah, like, yeah, he like had the he saved for the end. You know, okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you this. Um, there was an album compiled in 2001 called the best air guitar album in the world ever. And it included, among other songs, Monkey Wrench. Okay? Um, the quote on the album was, the number one criterion was, if you hear the song, you have to jump up and do something. Um, preferably in the first 10 seconds. To me, the Foo Fighters are totally at the cutting edge of what rock music's about today. Monkey Wrench wasn't as big a hit as it ought to have been, but I think it had a big effect on all bands in general. Uh, and then he says, with Taylor, that's the drummer, uh, you've got two of the greatest drummers in the world in that band. And one of them plays incredible guitar, sings incredibly well, and writes incredible songs. So Dave Grohl, thank you very much, and I hate you. <laughs> Who said that? Oh, that would be Brian May. Oh, wow. Okay. Come on. That's a good, okay. Come on. Yeah, wow. Brian May. Okay, that carried some weight. And yeah. I, I am a Brian May fan. Rob hit the heartstrings with that one right there. That was good. <laughs> that was good. I realized, by the way, that I started the story about the drummer, and then we got si- we got sidetracked. Uh, but uh, quickly, briefly, Dave Grohl decided I want to. I was gonna. He was gonna play the. Oh yeah, the, he was gonna play these drums. songs on drums, right? The and the so the original drummer uh, found out. Um, it kind of caught him caught him off guard. He wasn't happy about it. He left the band, and that's when uh, Taylor. Um, uh, come on, help me with his last name. Um, I cannot think of his last name. Anyway, their current drummer, whose name I've now uh, totally blanked on, uh, who's been with the them. Fighters quickly losing then, points. Right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's how he ended up uh, in the band. Well, today <sighs> was fun, guys. And you know, we we all joke around that we are uh, we're positive guys. We don't like to thrash on other people. So this isn't no. our thing. But we really do. We can only do this once a year. Yeah, we we get one episode. Um, so this was this was really good like, for us. We don't even have tension between us that this allows us to get out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it like if there was like a, a, a reason for us to want a release of tension and this was a good way to do it, that would be one thing. But we don't even have that. We're laughing and we're kind of nodding with each other. Yeah. Like all joking aside. Yeah. You know, we're like, man, that is a good point. Rob definitely quoted Brian May <laughs> and I think that's super cool. And that makes <laughs> I want to listen to it a little bit, but yeah, that was this was great, guys. Thank y'all so much for a good season so far. Next week's our uh, season finale. Season finale coming down Woo! the home stretch. And let me tell you, it's going to be epic. You have no idea. Uh, this is a song that we have we saved this song for over a season so that we could do it as the season finale as a closer for this for this season. That's a good one. We're not going to give so any epic. teasers on it. Nope. Um, I did write down two monkey jokes. You know about <laughs> monkey. You know why monkeys don't play cards in the jungle, right? No. Too many cheetahs there. Uh, Did you hear about the guy that cut down all the trees in the jungle? No. He was like, let the chimps fall where they may. Oh, my gosh. Gorilla, gorilla, gorilla. Gorilla, gorilla, gorilla. Okay, all right. Don't forget to hit us up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash great song pod, Twitter and Instagram at great song pod and uh, connect with us there. We've got a lot of fun stuff going on online. You might be able to find, win yourself a prize of unspeakable value. Who even knows? Unspeakable value. Unspeakable. Unspeakable value. Uh, we'll see you next week for the season finale of season four of the great song podcast. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.